Latinos Out Loud podcast. Yo, 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 Little brisk and chilly, yo, in New York City. It's getting a little chilly, yo, right, guys? What's happening? Summer, I guess it's gone. We're still in that, like, is it sweater weather? Is it jacket weather? Is it triple down goose weather? Yeah. Triple down goose. <laughs> Damn, I haven't heard that in a minute. What are we in 1995? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's is that the really expensive one or is that the throwback oh, one? Triple I'm, fat. Is it triple fat triple goose? Triple fat goose. Yeah, yeah. Triple fat yeah. goose. Yeah, that's you know, as somebody with like weight issues, that's a jacket that I never bought. The no way, like. Are you kidding me? Like, I would never be caught dead walking around with that shit. Um, Man, you look 50 pounds heavier, right? Yeah. Triple and then, triple like, down goose is like a, a thing. Triple fat goose. Because it's a, a triple fat goose is technically a down jacket. So I tried to, you know, I, I tried to, I think the fat goose part is problematic. Right. Because there you go. it there doesn't you matter go. the weight of the goose, okay? Oh, I like that. What <laughs> yeah. does, so it's not the weight of the goose, it's what? It's the it's the size of the quack. Ooh, I like that. Wait, yeah. no, ducks quack. Do gooses quack? I don't know. Maybe. What do? First of all, I think it's geese. I don't know gooses. Uh, yeah. You have so Latino Goose of you. Geese. Where are the gooses, honey? I told you to get the gooses from uh. Conway's, and you come back empty-handed. I can't with the S. Okay, who are we? Oh, we have an S at the end of Latinos, but we're not Latinos out louds. We're Latinos out loud. And hi, no doubt. Um, I'm your friend. I told you this before. I'll tell you this again. I'm your friend to the end. All right, E N D. Rachel La Loca. Hi. I'm your friend from the start, Jay Ferns. You're going to the end, but I'm telling you, I mean, I've been here from the beginning. That's deep, yo. That's really deep. <laughs> yo, Frank Nibs, I'll be your friend until the end of time. Ooh. I've never heard Frank serenade on this podcast. Have you? Has Frank I, that was ever not sang? on an intro. Not on it's an from intro. a house song. It's, that's from a house song. It's a, you've been it's drinking wine. You've been drinking some wine or something. What are you doing, yeah, Frank? Yeah. Baka, yo, you know how we who do. Who are you? Who are you talking to through the podcast that you're trying to serenade? No, nah, no, nah, I just you know, <laughs> you know, I'm happy to be back, man. I haven't done this with you guys in a minute. You know, it's like a celebration. I love serenading Frank. Uh, no, no, not that I love serenading to Frank, but I love this guy, this guy who is like serenading Frank Nibs. I like Frank Sinatra over here oh! um, <laughs> with the serenade. Sinatra, mira, tu, yo, mira. Frank Spiracy. What a Frank Sinatra. Frank's, no, no. But damn, Jay, yo, I like that, Rachel. Frank Spiracy Sinatra. Frank Nibs Sinatra. Frank Nibs Sinatra. No, I can't. Sinatra. It's hard, right? Nibs, we'll, we'll come up with something. Nibs Astra. No. That um, sounds yo, last so time, Jewish. The, since the last time that we. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> My uncle Frank Nipsastra, yeah, he lives out in Sayas at Long Island. Do you want to go visit him? Come on, let's go. So wait, Get since the, the last time wagon. we talked, the last time we talked to each other, they, uh, they, now there's a new mayor in New York City. Did you guys go Woo-hoo! vote? Oh, yes. Eric Adams, right? Is it Eric, Eric Adams? Adams no more De Blasio. Adams, Get out of here, De Blasio, and he beat the guy who um, 
who was like a Curtis guardian angel. Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Curtis yeah. Lewa. You can't you can't have a mayor that wears a beret all the time unless you're in, <laughs> unless it's Paris or something. You know. <laughs> he almost got killed by Gotti. I don't know if you know that. Yes. There's John a Gotti whole like got... documentary yeah, and they, information yeah, out there. Yeah, they put about him in the back guy. of a cab. They put him in the back of a cab. They beat him down. They threw him out of cab. And he's still out there in the streets, which I respect that gangster. I got to say, he had I seen him, yeah. a hit out on his life, right? And, yes, and he out there course. in the streets. The mafia. Not only is he out there in the streets, in. he's out there with a fucking red beret on. Like, he's hey, still everybody, I'm here. <laughs> Over he's here. still wearing the same outfit he used to wear in the 80s. And it, it's not even nostalgia. It's, it's the same outfit. He hasn't... He probably hasn't I even watched this. Yeah, I was just gonna say they used to beat down the guardian angels back in the day. They used to beat their ass all the, the guardian time. Guardian angels, because wow. how intimidating are you with that outfit? You got a beret. <laughs> you got like a, a tight, you know, zipper, red zipper, like like uh, a, you know, a members only type jacket. Like I don't, you're not intimidating anybody. But yo, they got swag. I gotta say, they got swag. I seen him in the streets on the Upper East Side, and Curtis Sliwa and his, uh, you know, proteges and his posse, they they have a certain like hands in pocket, walking muscle to muscle type swag in the streets. You know, exactly. Now, who yeah. would I trust more, an auxiliary cop or a guardian <laughs> angel? If shit was going Neither down. Or. I don't know, Frank. I don't know. I would trust myself. Neither or. Right? I would trust myself in that situation. I, 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 that's the best thing you could do. But congratulations. Guardians Angels, they're dressed, they're dressed like they're about to break dance, but they don't. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like, what, what is this, like, misdirection? Like, what are you? Yeah. Or do some sort of, like, choreographed thriller rendition dance. Right. You know, like, their version. Or bad. You remember bad? Because oh, that was yeah, in the subway. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely along the you know, lines. You think you're bad? You ain't nothing. <laughs> you ain't nothing. Curtis Sliwa. Curtis Sliwa. <laughs> oh, He man. sounds like... He, he, he just sounds too New York to be mayor. Like, he has, like... He has oh, yeah. what people... Make like the New York accent that people make fun of. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm from New York. I wanna be the mayor. It's like no, I don't want an exaggerated New York accent. Like yeah. giving press conferences about serious issues. Say. Can I ask you a question, uh, uh, Mr. Sliwa? May I ask you a question? Hi, Anne McDonald from AM New York. Uh, tell us about your proposed education plan for the city of New York. Yeah, you know, kids got to, you know, they got to be smart, you know, because we can't be, have stupid kids out there. So, you know, I want kids to be able to go to school, you know, and for, you know, for free. You know, they got to go for free, but, uh, you know, they got to, you know, and then they go to the library and they get the books and, you know, they give apples to the teachers because, you know, the teachers got to eat too. Right. All right. Thank you, for Mr. Sliwa. Thank you for Yo, that. Oh, that shit is crazy. By the way, we got a flood coming up tomorrow. So, you know, bring your umbrellas. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was Curtis Sliwa. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's, uh, that's a good one, bro. <laughs> We just got, you know, De Blasio. Though I'm over, you know, I'm over him and his side and his weird. You sideburns. and the whole city, yo. He's out of he here. On that Duke's note, still he's rocking out. sideburns. <laughs> no, and he's, yo, and he he's was, I think he he's gonna try to run Brooklyn. for governor. So he, we might not see the end of him. Oh man. So how do you like this guy, uh, Eric Adams? What do you think about him? Well, number one, he already has one X on him, right? He's a Nets fan. He's a Brooklyn Nets fan. Aye, oh, aye, come on, son, Brooklyn Nets. 
side. Yeah. He's already got a demerit on him for me. I'm like, I don't yo, know about that. <laughs> he's trying to get Kyrie back. He's he's yo, he's gonna he's gonna drop the he's gonna he's about to drop the vaccine mandate just so Kyrie oh, could go back to Brooklyn. <laughs> I love him already. Look at that, Frank. I love him already. I appreciate that I... as a sports fan to do something like that, but it's like, yo, dude, come on, relax. Um I don't know. He's, he's he seems cool, but he has like weird ideas. Like the like recently, he was like he wants to he, he wants to teach uh, um, you know what is this crypto cryptocurrency in schools. Yeah, he's getting paid by crypto. He's the first mayor to ever ask for his first uh, for his salary to be paid in crypto. Can we get wow. I'm, we're, we're, everybody's trying to get critical race theory in schools, and he's trying to get cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> He want to get paid, yo. We're going to have yeah, a bunch of yo. douchey eight-year-olds talking about fucking, uh, you know, how much crypto, they, 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 their crypto went up and shit. Wow. <laughs> their Ethereum. He's a cop guy, man. The cops are going to like him. I think he was uh, an officer at one point. Or he's involved with the police department. So I don't know. The city's fucking... He got uh, one foot with the go- cops and one foot with the regular folks. So we'll see how that works out. We'll see how that works. But I want to shout out somebody who works in his camp that is a fan Ooh. of our podcast who we know, Una Dominicana, who is his right hand, Denise Felipe Adams. We see you. Ooh. We know you out there. And she's repping hard for Latinos under Eric Adams. So Yo, we let's wish- get him on the show. Show. Let's talk. I would love Denise, to talk to I'm Denise and or her boss, uh, Eric Adams, now the mayor of New York City. So let's have the conversation. Let's have the conversation around Ooh. the items that are important to us Latinos and Latinas. And however yeah, you are. Like Jamie, that. Jamie, I can see you and him going back and forth. U.S. Curtis. And yeah, I can see you and him going back and forth on the show. That will be dope. <laughs> yeah, me as Curtis and him as himself. Yeah, yeah, their debates got fiery, right? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I think like, I don't know. I think Eric Adams like called, said see, Curtis was a, a deadbeat dad and stuff like that. Dang. You got a mudsling. You got a mudsling. <laughs> wow, wow. You know, wow. politics ain't for the weak. You got to. Anything you did in your past is gonna is gonna come up in a debate. I'd be afraid if I was debating. I'd be like somebody will pop up something from my past and shit. Like Jamie, did you uh, perform uh, Gerardo in your eighth grade lip sync contest? <laughs> Rico Suave, is this you? I'm like, oh yeah, where'd you get that? I didn't know there was footage of that. Jamie, did you have a wardrobe malfunction at a Room 28 show where certain oh, wow. audience members saw something they should not have? I think I had like. Three Three of those. Uh, a few times. I think I've had three of those. I have, I have one outfit where I didn't wear a jock strap when I should have. I had one where like my junk came out. Ooh, I was a superhero sketch, right? And you just I think wore the wrong bottoms that day. I guess it was bad. I don't know. Yeah, I told you we need a stylist for those shows. Yo, but we didn't have it in the budget. But I will tell you, my coworkers thanked me the next Monday. They were like, "We got such value for what we paid wow. for those tickets." Well, you know, the girls were happy. There must yeah. have been a, you know, there must have been they a good light on, on my, uh, you know, on that area. They got their money's worth, and they were front and center. So yeah, they were. Some people really like that front row. They want to feel the performer's saliva hitting them on their glasses. You know, they just not, not now though. In this day and age, yeah, the last thing they want is saliva. <laughs> That's true. Well, they're gonna be two. They're gonna be that. empty seats in the first two rows and shit. 
I don't know. You need that visor nowadays. I think they're still out there. <laughs> but, um, you know, what's out there is a lot of discussion always about real estate, right? And that mm. was a terrible segue, but I'm going to try to keep it real estate right now. Oh, like, no, Rachel, you did uh, Sorry. <laughs> oh. Sorry, it just slipped I knew, out. I, I thought you would help hold back on that play on words, but you did it. And I, I, did, I appreciate you know it. Why? You know why? Listen, you and your dad jokes, guess where I'm at in my life i'm in mom joke zone all day mom I, jokes I now love it. i have to do mom jokes in order to get their attention sometimes so i'm sorry if i can't turn that off when we're podcasting i'm gonna try to but if a mom joke slips out every now and then don't shoot me okay all right look um here's a little obsession i have okay i told you guys this earlier i reside on the upper east side and there are very many nice homes up here mine is not one of them um but i sure do enjoy this is nice thanks yeah. i mean i love my dwelling i do love it but the facade of this building is just a building okay like there are some beautiful like townhouses and brownstones and even like little casitas that you wouldn't expect them in Manhattan. I know there's some houses in Washington Heights too that really like mind fucks you, right? You're like, what? There's a house yeah. in the Heights on a private yep. street on a hill? Yep. I, yeah. Yep. I, I, I took you through there, Rachel. You saw that. You couldn't believe it. Incredible. I don't know about I, you guys. I'm fascinated by real estate. Well, and some of the ones downtown, like they got those big ass windows. Like you could literally. You could see them eating dinner and shit sometimes. I'm like, Ra- Ra- uh, Rachel sightseats and just goes by the windows. Rachel's and looks a creep. At Rachel eating. creeps on these on these brownstones. Admittedly, I may be a real estate gawker. I'm not trying to see like what you're wearing or what you look like. I'm just trying to see how you live in, where you bought your table. You know what I mean? I'm trying to see like what, why, why? A how pottery barn. That shit's good shit. I, like pure one, I get it. But how do you have the uh, a driveway in Manhattan? It's so crazy. Some of these like mm. townhouses have like driveways, private driveways, guest entrances. I saw one the other day. Okay, not that I was staring and waiting for the lights to go on, um, uh, but I saw one that had a basketball court. Like you open the door, there's a basketball court, and Dang. the living quarters start on the second floor. Anyway, um, we have an expert here who is news one of Newsweek's best realtors. Newsweek, Ooh. guys, that's a major publication. He's an award-winning entrepreneur, and we're going to talk to Ivan Estrada. All right, you guys, it is that part of the show where we fill in the blank. Go ahead. You know I say this all the time. It is that part of the show where we interview someone amazing. 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 amazing, However you say it. Tomato, tomato, amazing, amazing. Okay. (laughs) Um, This person is one of the top realtors in this country. (laughs) Realtor. I'm searching for a real Someone for all my house needs real Why are we doing Mary J. Blige real estate version? Although it's not a bad combo. She's got some good real estate in New Jersey. We should talk to him about it. All right. Uh, So we need to bring out our new friend who's a published author. And again, one of the top realtors. Let's talk to him. Ivan Estrada, everybody. What's up, everybody? Yeah. ¿Cómo están todos? Bien. Hey, wepa, estamos bien, estamos bien, estamos buscando casa. 
no. Yo te puedo ayudar, no. mija. Ya te, nomás enséñame la plata y yo te puedo ayudar. Ay. Hey. Yo, okay, I have to be honest, Ivan. Real estate is something I don't know if we've ever really delved into with an expert on this show mm. in our 10 seasons, right, wow. guys? I don't believe so. I don't think so. I don't think, I don't so. think so. But but yet, how important is it to life? And so for Latinos out there who are probably more informed than me. And guess what? My partner is a realtor up in here. Like, and I, I, I'm clueless. There's so many things to learn and know about this field. I get really excited when we have a specialist and expert on the show because I know he's going to blow our minds. Like we're going to have a mm. conversation. So welcome Ivan. Um, well, Thank first you. I'm calling you he without even asking you, could you please tell us how you identify before we kick things off here? I am, uh, Mexico, Mexicano, Americano. I was born in Los Angeles, but I am Mexican to the core. Hey. Woo. And, and the hot question, what are your pronouns? Pronouns, I guess it would be. He, she, él, ella, him, nosotros, él, no fuimos. That would be él, él. him. No yeah. fuimos? I don't know. I threw that in there. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it simple. I think it's him or él. That's right? good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as interviewers, isn't it important, guys? Like, you know, I want to just be. You got to be inclusive, right? Inclusive. Exactly. Exactly. So you're a published author. Your field is real estate. You're one of Newsweek's best realtors. Wow. Okay. We need to understand exactly what that means. Tell us and all of our listeners, what does it mean to be a realtor? Please keep it real. I'm going to use the joke. I'm going to use the joke like five more times, by the way. I wonder not to. I wonder not to, Yvonne. Okay. Well, to be a a realtor, you got to, you know, you got to be able to to sell it. I've been selling houses now for, God, it feels like forever, but it's going to be 13 years, right? Wow. I like got my license 13 years. Before that, I was an accountant. I was a CPA, which... Oof, like snooze fest, right? But I learned so much, right? Yeah, it, it was, I did it for my dad. My dad always wanted to be CPA. You know, he was a janitor at a school in Glendale and his dream was to be a CPA and he couldn't, he had to, you know, raise my sister and my mom. And and I felt like the, you know, the, the eldest son and his first son, I was like, I got to do it for my dad. Like he's done so much for me. I'm going to be an accountant for him. But after three years, I was like, dad, no se puede. I'm sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> This shit no is way. boring. I'm sorry. It is not for me. But but real estate, man. God, that's fucking that's change. Oops. Is that OK? Yes. OK, Stavian. Anything. Right. You know, real estate changed my life, guys. Like, honestly, like it's been I, I truly like I, I help people to buy houses to make their dreams come true. You know, I, mm. I work with the rich and then I also work with, you know, the first time home buyers, which tend to be honestly, like the most grateful people, you know, when you're helping someone achieve that home ownership, like, you know, the American dream, like Mm -hmm. I get to do that. I get to do that like every single week. And it's, it's a crazy feeling, you know, like to hand off the keys to someone who has never owned a home before. Like they never thought they can actually buy a home because they're expensive as hell right now everywhere. And to be able to like, just hand that off. It just, Oh, it feels so, so good. 
so good mm. that is so beautiful you guys i mean how often do you see on like your instagram timeline timeline um someone you're in your network with that moment of you know signing the paperwork or holding the key it's like a moment um yeah. my parents Huge tell moment. me my parents i'm not a homeowner i'm a renter um my parents have a house they've had this house i grew up in for a really long time and they're so proud you know, they're so proud because my father worked as a public school Spanish teacher, you know, and my mom was taking care of the kids working in a factory when she could. And my dad tells me all the time that he's like, he's like, Rachel, for a long time, we were eating bologna sandwiches, trying to save money for the house. All right. You know, he tells me all about the journey to becoming a homeowner. So could you talk to us a little bit about that? Like, you know, what wh how can one embark on that journey? Because you even touched on it. Like home ownership seems like something that's not so accessible right now. How can it become more accessible to our people? What's that journey look like? The journey. Well, first you gotta like you gotta like declare it, right? Like I wanna I wanna buy a house, right? So once you declare it, then you gotta figure out and put together a plan. I think the hardest part for Latinos and for anyone right now, I think, is like saving for that down payment, right? The down payment is the hard part that it it, it keeps people from actually you know, becoming a homeowner. So the biggest part is like declaring being, you know what, this is the year I'm going to start saving up for my house. Cause you need to make sure that you have that clear. And then you start saving for that down payment. That's the biggest part. I think that's the thing that, you know, with gas going up and food going up and rent going up and just, it's being so expensive to, to live anywhere in the country right now is, is saving for that down payment. But once you got that down payment, you know, there's programs out there like three and a half percent for FHA or five percent for for a conventional for a conventional loan. Once you've got that, then you're golden. You know, now mm. you're ready. You could find a broker and you could start looking for a house. But you have to declare it because, you know, it's it's like a mental shift. Right. Like my mom would be like, este año, este año es para mí. Right. Like I'm going to do it. So you just got to declare it and then start saving. Like you said, you got to have frijoles Monday through Friday. Like you got to have that peanut butter <laughs> and jelly on Saturday and Sunday. Cup of noodles for like six months. You just got to save up, right? It's 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 a sacrifice, right? You're going to sacrifice in the short term in order to be to to get in that house in the long term. Hmm. Wow. What what other can what other common concerns do? you know, first time homeowners have like what that you see when you talk to them, what is a lot of things that are continuously like are, pop up when they're, when they're kind of, you know, in that early nervous stage of un uncertainty of buying a house. Finding a realtor, like someone who, who can help them that they trust. I think, you know, with, it's so easy to become a real estate agent. Like the test is easy. Staying in this business is hard, right? Like doing a good job is hard. I think when you're looking, like you've saved up, it could be a year. It could be. I just helped this lady earlier in the year. She had she saved up for seven years, seven years to buy her first house. Wow. And when you've saved up for that long, right, it's so emotional to you. Like finding somebody out there that you can trust that has your back that, you know, is going to, you know, be able to represent you fully. And also to just to make sure that you don't get, you know, kind of. Someone doesn't take advantage of you because you do get a lot of that too. So it's just finding that right fit that you're like, this is my guy. 
this is my girl. Like I trust her fully. She's going to make sure she's got my back and she's going to make sure I get the house that I want at the price that I want. And to make sure that I don't get screwed up in the process. Hmm. Ivan, you said earlier you were an accountant. What made you become a realtor? What gave you that passion to say, you know what? I want to follow this life path as, as becoming mm. a realtor. And obviously you're one of the best. How, how did that, how'd you get that? So when I was working at the accounting firm, it was like, I was like three and a half years in and I was like sitting in my cubicle and look, my background is in music. Like I used to sing, I used to be on Don Francisco and TV Azteca. Right. So you're going to put me in a cage, which I felt like being in a cubicle. I was like, like, I felt like I was in a cage, right? Like I'm a, I'm a creative guy who likes to be around people. Who's very social and I'm good at math. Hey, I don't know where it came from. I'm just like, you know, very good at math. And I thought, well, if I'm good at math and, you know, accountant, like, oh, that sounds good. Being a CPA. Oh, that's great. Like, that's going to be really good for me. Like, I used to think like my grandparents are past. They passed when I was six years old. And I would think like, damn, my, my grandmother, my grandfather who were born and raised in Mexico, like they would be so proud of me right now. Like if they knew that I was working at this big accounting firm in downtown wearing the suit and tie. But after like three and a half years, you know, I did this originally for my dad because that's what he wanted to do with his life was like, shit, like I'm not living for myself. Like I'm living for a story that I created uh, that my grandparents would be proud, but you know, they're, they're long gone. And I did this for my dad, but like every single day I used to wake up and like, as soon as I would hit the floor, I would, all I would say would, would be fuck. Like, this is it. Like I'm going to work. And I just felt like a, you know, I just felt like a number. And I just, I just thought like, this isn't what I was put on this planet to do. Like I used to love being on stage. I used to love being around people. I love houses. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I feel like I've always like, I've always been a natural salesman. Like I used to have those freaking the yard sales on the Saturdays oh. and I would be selling the cans and Power Ranger cars. <laughs> Love it. You, you gave it to me. I would sell it. I'd use it for like six months and then my cousin <laughs> would come over. I was like, hey, tu, ven para acá. how much do you give me for this? $5? Ahora pues. Give me the $5. And so, you know, it, it was just wow. like one of those things where I was like, actually my friend saw a million dollar listing and he's like, hey, I, I saw this show million dollar listing and, and you would be really good at that. I was like, no, 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 that's, that's not me. Like, I'm not, I'm not a sales guy. Like I'm, I'm a numbers guy. Like I, I'm a sit behind the desk guy, but not until I actually like, like really thought about it. And I was like, wait, like being able to be a real estate, I could still do, cause I do these real estate videos. I could still do like the creative stuff. I'm helping people. I get to have my own schedule. And then like the biggest thing for me was like, there's no limit. Like, with real estate, I get to do everything I want and be able to help people. And at the same time, like write books and write courses and help other people. Like I, like two days ago, I spoke in front of 650 kids in South Central, like inspiring them, right? I, I get to do all of that, which makes me really happy. It's like part of my brand and part of what I feel my mission is to do on this planet. And I feel alive. Like, honestly, like I feel alive every single day because honestly, like when you work for yourself, which is working in real estate, like you don't fucking know what the next day is going to be like, like, mm. you know, uh, it's, it's that sense of excitement, you know, and I just I love it. I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. Nice to talk. Wow. Uh, you know, you're touching on so many 
things like near and dear to our experience, the Latino experience. Um, I would love to segue a little into your book. Mm. Hello. Okay. But before. Okay. I I did some, I did some probing. I did some searching through the Instagrams Mm -hmm. and I want to read a post that you put up, okay, about your book. If I could read the caption to our listeners. This is straight from his Instagram page, and it says, My nephew Luca was one of my biggest inspirations for writing Brand with Purpose. My wish for him is that he grows up in a world where everything and anything is possible. A world where tolerance, acceptance, and love prevails. May this book be his guide when looking for inspiration and guidance. I hope that one day when he's old enough to read it, he'll be proud of his uncle Ivan. Mm. I love that so much. Talk wow. about the inspiration behind this book. I mean, I I would love for you to tell us more about where you drew this inspiration from. And of course, about your book, Brand with Purpose. Yeah. Oh, my little Luca, my little nephew. Hmm. So, you know, growing up, um, I was told in elementary school, uh, I went to school in Igarok and it, it was primarily Caucasian and, uh, you know, I was told by someone that if I wanted to be successful and if I wanted to be respected, that I had to lie about being Mexican, that I had to tell people I was Italian. Mm. And so that like that story stuck with me for so many years, like so, so many years, because I felt like, well, if I want to be successful, like like the kids in my class who live in these nice houses and their parents drive these nice cars, I have to be, I have to lie about who I am. Like, that's just what you do. And so, you know, I, I went through this whole like thing in elementary school and middle school where I was like, just confused, right? Like I, I would look, I, I couldn't find like mentors, like business guys or, or people who are running businesses that look like me, right? Like I would look on TV and see these singers and sports guys. And I was like, well, if, if in order to be successful, like I got to be like those people on TV, on Telemundo, on Univision, like, I'm like, I can't play sports for shit. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> I was like, but I can belt it out. Like, I, I think I could sing. And that's kind of like what led me to, to go into the music world. And so when I was writing this book, you know, I, I want like my, my, my little Luca to grow up in a world where he can see himself, you know, on, on with different people, different diversities on, on media and magazines at, you know, running businesses, pe- people who look like him, you know? And so when I wrote this book, I was like, you know, this book is, is to train like the next leaders of tomorrow. You know, that I was telling, um, when I was speaking in front of those 650 kids who are in high school, I was like, you guys are the example that my nephew's going to be looking up to. Like, I want to give you all the advice and the guidance that I wish I had when I was a kid. Right. Because I feel like my life would have been a lot more different. I think it would have been less difficult. But at the same time, like I had to go what I had to go through in order to write this book. You know, like I had to fight against adversity and people calling me names and this and that. Like I had a bulletproof through that in order to get a thicker skin and to get that grit and that courage to do what I wanted to do. And so this book is for, you know, for him so that when he grows up, 
I hope this world is a much different, much different place than it is today. You know, like right now we're so divided with you're right and she's wrong. And we're, you know, we're killing the planet and this and that. Like I want him to grow up in a world where he can be whoever he wants. No one will ever fucking tell him on a playground. Hey, don't tell people you're Mexican because you won't be successful. Like I never, ever want him to go through anything like that because that's not true. Like, hey. I'm right here. Like I'm proof. Like I'm the American dream. Like I want him to have every opportunity that he possibly can. Facts. Yeah. I don't know how to follow that up. Uh, <laughs> do we end the show here? No. <laughs> I, I just love that so much. So what could one expect to take away from brand with purpose after putting it down reading it cover to cover or i should mm. actually rephrase the question what would you like the reader to take away after closing the back cover of your book i think the biggest important thing that i want people to get away from it is to be proud of who they are where they come from the color of their skin no matter where their parents work like i want them to feel proud of who they are to the core because in order to be successful in anything right like you got to show up and for me it took a long time for me to show up as ivan right ivan like for the longest time i had created all these different characters like i gave you i tried to figure out what you liked and what you wanted and that's what i gave you right and i did that with different people i was like okay in order for you to like me you like you want a person who is aggressive in this now okay cool i'm gonna give you that because i know that that's what you like and that's how you'll like me and someone else, oh, you want me to be a softie? Fine, I'll be a softie for you. I want people to read this book and obviously like get some ideas about what they want to do on this planet, right? Like their purpose, but also just to be proud, man. Like I just, I want people to be proud to like hold, to step into their power and to break through any fear that they have of, you know, going and, and opening their own business, right? Or, or, or shifting their job, or if their parents want them to be an attorney, and they want to be a painter or a designer that they actually go and do that. Right. Because then they're going to be living. I want people to finish this book and be like, I want to live. I don't want to just exist. I want to fucking live. Mm. Love that. You're it's very inspirational. Difference. You're such an eloquent speaker too. I can only imagine the words that you wrote in this book. Um, I want to shout out one more thing that you did, which I think was so awesome. Oh, that was so Brooklyn. So awesome. I love it. Um, well, <laughs> I love it. I lo I'm from LA. I was like, oh yeah, like I love New York and Brooklyn and oh. <laughs> You're making me hungry. Uh, I want to go back. I have to apologize for how New York I am sometimes. Like, but this is look, we're connected. It's just the way that I say water. You know what I mean? That's all that that separates us. Um, we still drink the same water. All right, look, you did something so awesome, incredible, amazing, whatever you want to call it, the get a book program hmm. where you allowed students who may not be able to afford the book or what have you. Maybe they don't get an allowance that would allow them to purchase the book. You know, sometimes kids just don't have the disposable income. You know what I mean? But you had this program, Get a Book, where you gave students the opportunity to get a copy of your book for free. Wow. 
I don't know how many authors I've seen do that. Like, what was the response like? Uh, what kind of kids reached out to you? What made you do that program? The reason I, I, you know, I remember when I was going through college and damn, books were expensive. Like my sure. parents couldn't afford anything else. They're like, look, we'll pay for your parking and we'll pay for your books. And I remember my books being like hundreds of dollars because I got yes. and scholarships to go to school. And I was like, shit, that's expensive. And when I was like finishing the book and I was trying to figure out like, like everything that I do, I always want to give back. Right. Like I, I just the fact that I wrote a book and that it's being published and I'll be able to walk through Target and Barnes and Noble and Walmart and be able to see my book like that. That already, ooh, ooh. That, that already fucking mm. like that just boggles my mind. Right. Ooh, ooh. But I want like any kid who no, no matter where they are, that if they want my book, like I, I don't want them to pay for it. I want them to get it for free. So I started like reaching out to friends at like JP Morgan and Northern Trust and friends of mine who are I'm like, hey, you're rich. All right. Uh, I need a check for a thousand dollars because we're going to send all those books. And, and to a lot of my friends, I was like, look, if there's a charity or like a kid's group or, you know, after school program that you're that you're involved in or even at your kid's own school, like if they want the book, like I want them to be able to get it for free and not pay for it. Right. It's so important, especially right now. And so that's what we've been doing. And, and let me tell you, like just the, the the sense that like the gratitude that I have that I can actually do that. You know, like that to me, all like if this book, like if 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 it doesn't become successful because the publisher's like, oh, you got to sell these copies and this and that, like it's always about the numbers, right? Like I'm like, I don't care. Like if it could change one kid's life to to like move him from going in one direction in his life that might not be the good direction where he could actually go and you know fight for his dreams and be who he wants to be, you know, if he if he if he wants to you know be a painter or hey if if he thinks he's, he might be gay. Right. And he's too scared to tell his parents he could read this book and get the courage, you know, like for me, this, uh, my story of, of actually, you know, not to open up a can of worms, but you know, when, when I came out to my parents, like I, we, I was homeless for a little bit, you know, mm. and I talk about it in the book, mm. like my parents are, you know, they're from very religious Catholic background and, you know, uh, it wasn't until last year when I interviewed them for the book that I, you know, we actually like reconnected and I got that sorry that that I really needed to kind of feel complete. And, you know, I hope if there's a kid out there who, who feels different and and who's who feels like he's alone and he's scared to talk to his parents, that he'll be able to read this book and get some courage to, you know, to talk to mom and dad and say, like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. Right. And, and, and hopefully get the support that he wants and that he needs. I, I got a shout out real quick, Jamie, I'm sorry you were going to jump in, but like I got to shout out the guests like Ivan who come on our show and tell us these stories of courage and career shift and keep it very real estate. Mm. I had to say it. I'm sorry. That's that number good. three. That's, that was good. <laughs> Let me write that one down. I like it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to steal it from you. Well, look, I'm going to real estate it in, okay? It's in my head and I got to get it out. But the common denominator that I see as one of the hosts of the Latinos Out Loud podcast is that our experiences are so interwoven, so similar. Our stories just need to be told. 
because your story is definitely going to mind shift and inspire people listening right wow. now. You're inspiring us. I mean, I see it in Frank's head. It's more shiny. And <laughs> in Frank, Jamie's... your head is getting more shinier as well. Right? I like it. Yeah. Right? He's, being, he's so enlightened, too. It's like, it's like getting brighter. You know I mean? That's very Buddha. Gauge. Very Buddha-like. Yeah. Very Buddha-like. Very, very That's zen. the gauge. But I want to thank you for also sharing your story, too, because it does take courage to talk about these things, you know, as a Latinx queer, to publish these things, to inter integrate your career, and also to talk about your career shift, which you guys can attest to. A lot of our guests and a lot of the conversation is around that. Like, you know, just deciding one day that, yo, this is not fulfilling what I need right now. This is not checking my mental boxes. This is not bringing me happiness. I talk about it a lot on this podcast and also within, you know, just friendly circles. I also made a huge career shift. I left corporate America as a marketing exec when I had my first boy. And I tell people all the time is like he was growing a pear in there and so was mommy. I totally <laughs> grew a pear to make the decision to find happiness, true happiness, and to sacrifice a paycheck. You know, to sacrifice some something that really doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, because I was losing my mind and I wanted to be the mother that I always wanted to be and the entertainer that I always wanted to be. So the career shift is real. And these are just two examples. We've heard this similar like story of perseverance and, you know, the moment where you feel the catapult. There's a moment, right, Ivan? There's oh, like yeah. a moment. Yeah, it's, you it's, were in. I, it's very cinematic, too. It's like going through like <laughs> it's like wind, like very J-Lo. The J-Lo yes! starts. The <laughs> lights fan. start flashing. And you're like, oh, my God, I see it. You know? it yes. It happens. You. You mentioned you said something before that was so vivid. The cubicle being the cage. Ay, santísimo. Yes. yes. La jaula. Um, La to jaula. break free from the cage. It felt really good. Uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. And then I know Jamie has a question. I'm sorry. No, I think it goes hand in hand in the kind of what you were talking about. Like when 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 you decided to make even Ivan the uh, this the big career move, right? Um, could you foresee? Or were you like, did you like feel like you manifested kind of everything that happened afterwards, you know, because now you're kind of at an apex of this of this field. Right. You know, you went from like, I don't know, I think I'd be good for this to like being top you know, on lists of like top 30 of this field um, and writing books and, and and and, you know, actually being able to have your creative uh, the creative side of you also like, you know, um, use it, uh, for your career as well. Um, so could you, was it something that you could foresee or was it something that gradually like just started happening as, you know, as you went along? Yeah, that's such a good question. You know, I, I, and I hate saying this, but I used to think like, damn, anything could be better than this. Like anything could be better than this. But when I went into it, I remember telling my mom and dad, 
And both of them are like, no, no, no. Like, no, like you, you went to college and that's why you got the accounting and the finance degree. And if you wanted to get into real estate, you should have just done that. Like you didn't have to waste your time and, and all the things that you had to do. And, and I was, you know, and it took a while for me to, to kind of share that vision with them. I think, you know, I'm a huge believer of like manifesting things, right? Like you just got to want it so bad. Like, you know, like the, the, um, what is that? The law of attraction, right? Like you just got to, you got to want it so bad, but then you also got to take the action, right? You got to like put the plan together and put pen and paper. Like what I did, like I would, I, like I'm a huge vision board guy. Like I love vision boards. And I remember one of my friends said, you just got to put a vision board together of what is it that you want? Like, what is it that you're willing to do to get to where you want? Because like it, at that point, it was like, there was a, a friend of mine who had given the metaphors like whenever you go to the island, you got to burn the ships, right? There can't be like, oh, if you have a backup plan, then you're not going to be you're going to have one foot in, one foot out. And I had no backup plan. I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going back to back to the cage. I got to just make it happen. And I literally did everything and anything to make it work. Like real estate was my I would say nine to five. And then I served tables as a waiter from like six until one. And I, wow. and I did that wow. two, for almost three years. And I, and, I, and actually the stories in the, in the book, I only, I had a pair of dress shoes and a pair of, of, of working out shoes. And I didn't want to ask my parents for money because then I would have been like, fuck, then it would have been like, I told you so. Like you shouldn't mm -hmm. have your accounting job. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, no, there's no way I'm going to do this. I had one hole in one of my shoes that I had a duct tape. Um, and I was kind of embarrassed about it, but it was like, yeah, I had to, I had to do it. Like I used to door knock. I used to go like door, literally I would door knock like a hundred, hundred, 150 houses a day and just ask, Hey, my name is Ivan. I work in your area. Here's a market update. I would do that all day. I'd be sweating. Then I'd be running back to uh, the restaurant patina in downtown getting ready, put on my white shirt, my black pants, my black shoes with a hole, yeah, serve wow. tables. And I did that for three years, you know? And, but for me, it was like, this is it. Like whatever I have to do, I'm gonna do. Like, yeah. I just have to do it. I just have to do it. And I just, you know, kept pushing forward and pushing forward. And I'm telling, I don't know if it was God or my grandparents were always looking down on me. Just one thing started working and then another, and then all of a sudden things just started catapulting and all that hard work and the sweat and the sleepless nights of like, shit, how am I going to pay my rent next month? Because like, I, it's all commission, right? Like you got to make your commission in order to get, you know, to, to, to pay your bills. And all of a sudden, you know, one woman changed my life. She actually, I was sitting in her living room and uh, it was a big house. It was like the biggest house I would have sold if she gave me the, the the property to sell, the listing. And I crossed my foot and I she saw the the duct tape on my shoe and I was like, shit. Like my stomach. <laughs> oh, and I was man. like, oh, oh, fuck. She's not going to hire me. Like, that's it. And she gave me this face. And, and she's like, where's your paperwork? And I said, oh, it's in my bag. She's like, I'm going to sign it right now. And that changed wow. my life. That changed my wow. life. That was like a, I think it was a like $80,000 commission. And I left my Ooh. catering job and I was like, just all in that gave me the motivation of like, damn, I'm going in the right direction. Like, like my wow. angels are looking down on me. Let's just do it. I'm, and I just, from that moment on, I'll never look back. Wow. wow. It's 
Pretty amazing. And okay, let's cross over to the audio or the audible medium because you're also a podcaster. Fellow what? podcasters, Be- unite! Night! Night! But no, yes! you guys, like, you, you guys are you guys are fucking great. My mind's like, we're starting. I'm, I'm poquito a poquito, like my mom says. I'm, I'm poquito a poquito. <laughs> poquito a poquito. <laughs> <laughs> sí, pero al pasito, mijo, está al bien. Al pasito suavecito, mijo. That's right. <laughs> Andale, pues, mira, pero ven acá. Tell us about, congrats. Because I think, like, the hardest part is getting it started. Like, yeah. That's the hardest part. Yeah. Cause then you got all those, like those, like those demons in your head saying, you can't do it. No, you can't do it. Nope. Mm. Nope. People are going to laugh. Like you just got to get through it. You just got to just keep going. Keep going. If you build it, they will come. Exactly. It's so generic, but I really think that's applicable, especially in the podcast space, because there are people out there that want this kind of information. You know, if it's a lot of people, great. If it's not that many people, okay, it's fine too. There's still people that are yearning for very specific information. Now, I can only imagine you've touched on so many things throughout this interview under the guise of real estate. I can't even imagine, like, sky's the limit. Literally, like, wow, with how many topics under real estate you can cover. So what is your podcast about? What can people expect to learn? Yeah. So the podcast is called uh, brand with, and uh, my job is I want to split people apart. Not literally. Yeah. And then I'll go to prison. I don't want, I don't look good in orange. Um, and then oh. um, figure out like what makes them special, right? Like what makes them so special as a brand? Like one of my guests, uh, Belinda Carlisle from the go-go's. Oh uh, yeah. Stop it. Okay. yeah Would you just- stop it? Yeah, me. I'm telling you, heaven yeah. is a place on earth. That's wow. good real estate. Oh, baby, That's good real estate right there. Oh yeah. If you get a place near heaven, yes, you're you're sold. Yeah. And I interviewed her, and I was like, you know, just figuring out like what made the Go Go successful, you know. And then you went on your own, like what made you successful? And then I interviewed the princess of Sierra Leone, uh, Princess uh, Sarah Culberson, and wow. she's more of like you know your she's like a philanthropist and she also has a crazy story. Like she, I, I'm sure you guys have seen the, uh, that movie, the princess diaries, right? The Disney movie. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so that's, that's pretty much. Wow. Jamie. Okay. <laughs> <I know>. Rachel, <laughs> just left, Rachel just left me out there. I'm in the, I'm the only one who wait, who, who, who put my hand up. No, no one's seen it. All right. I didn't see the sequel. I didn't see the sequel, but I saw the original. The sequel is not that good. The sequel is not that good. Such an eager yes that I didn't know what to say. I have boys. I don't. I thought we were gonna say it together, Rachel. It's a good movie, man. It's 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 like. All right, let's try it again. Did you see the Princess Diaries? One, two, three. Yes. 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 Okay. So pretty much, that's like that was her story, where she like grew up white family. She didn't know where she fit in. Long story short, she got a um. Pers- uh, she got a private detective. She found out she was the princess of Sierra Leone and then they flew Whoa. her over. And now she's like doing all this philanthropic work with them and with education and water and food and all that. And so it's, you know, it's a diversity of people that I want on my show who can showcase from music to design to philanthropy to uh, real estate and just kind of help you know, young entrepreneurs, like the scrappy ones, were trying to figure out like, okay, how do I build this? Like, how are these people successful and how can I get there? And and, and that's the goal of the Brand With Podcast. I, this might sound corny, but like, are you, as you do the podcast, um, are you, do you feel like you're learning 
things as well from so these guests. So much. Like yeah. it's it, though like every time they're talking, like I feel like they're a mirror, right? Like they're mirroring, I'm seeing myself in their story. And I'm like learning, like I'm learning about myself and thinking, oh man, like I, I remember a moment like that. And for me, it's like I'm learning like tips and tricks and and also like certain things that that healed them are like, oh my God, I need to try that. Like I need to do that exercise or I need to kind of think about that for myself and my future. And and it's like like I'm learning from the best, right? Like what they do and which adds to my brand and my value and and what I can do, you know in the world. Mm. Ivan, Ivan, you have, um, you're a very busy man. I see like, we say in Spanish, you look like a buff guy. How do you, how do you keep that in? How how do you incorporate wellness and fitness in your whole busy schedule? Oh, that's, that's important. So I am still single, which is obvious because I work like a crazy person, but uh, like fitness, man, like first thing in the morning, I wait, I'm crazy. What time do you guys think I wake up? 4.30? Uh, yeah, 5 a.m. 4.30, 30, 4.15. Wow. Damn. Wait, no, what? The I clock know. actually works they, at that they, time? Yeah, it actually <laughs> stops at that time, yeah. <laughs> wow. But, like, I wake up 4.30, and then I, I, I'm a huge meditator. I used to think, oh, no, that stuff is like, no, that's for that stuff doesn't work, doesn't work. And, like, Kobe Bryant, who I respected so much and, and loved, I um, still do. Uh, he was at a conference that I was at and they asked him like, what makes you so successful? Like, how can you keep so focused? And he's like, meditation changed my life. And from that moment, like I've been doing it every morning. So as soon as I wake up, I do my meditation. I pray to the Osito for a little bit. Mm. And then I, I write down like a gratitude. I have five things that I write, what I'm grateful for and why. And then right off that, I get my little cafecito. I go to the gym for like an hour, an hour and 20 minutes. And then I start my day. Like I don't start my day without doing all of those things. Even on vacation, I'll wake up later, but I I, I try to keep my day as consistent because I feel like as long as I like start off my day well, like be grateful, pray, meditate, you know, do a little good workout, play some good like, you know, some good music, some good jams. And then sometimes I'll play a little like Tony Robbins or like Gary Vaynerchuk just to kind of get me in the mood and get me pumped. And then I'm like off to the office. But I do not start my day without those things because I feel wow. like that's like church for me. I got to do it. So that way I don't like, you know, don't go crazy or ballistic because in real estate, like it, things change like this. Like my schedule might look a certain way in the morning and by the afternoon, it's like completely like flipped upside down. And I got to be cool enough to be like, that's cool. All right. No one's going to get hurt. I can do this. We're just going to have to pivot. Mm. Wow. At what time? What time do you normally go to sleep? Is it like 845? OK, I so know. don't call. Don't call the house after don't nine. Don't call me after 845. <laughs> that thing is on snooze. My even my parents are like me. Oh, yes. That's being viejito. I was like, I know, mom. I'm like <laughs> 45 and I'm taking 20 multivitamins just like uh. Wow! Wow! Like, it's like, nah, I gotta tell something. I gotta. I forgot to tell Ivan this, but it's already nine o'clock. I have to wait till tomorrow. Well, well, for you guys, you guys, I'm at six. You guys are. I still got. Oh right! Well, I got two way, and a half yeah. hours left in my life. Nice. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for giving us the play-by-play on your day. I think that's really awesome, and it's those secrets that I think is, you know, it's really interesting to hear. You know, when you're aspiring to be successful especially within any, you know, this specific field or any field, really. It's like, what do they do? How do they start their day? 
What do they do? Um, okay, now I just want to mention that Ivan has been, you may know him or see him because he's been on HGTV's House Hunters. He's Ooh. been on Bravo's Million Dollar Listing. Ooh. He's been on NBC's Open House. He's been Ooh. in the LA Times, Forbes, Hollywood Reporter. But my, the biggest question I have right now is we need to talk about Sabado Gigante. Okay. Yeah. Um, talk about Yes. Wait, you were on Sabado Gigante. Were you like singing Colgate, Smile, something? Or like, like what were you? Like, your teeth. No. It, so they, they <laughs> so. Everything. So like, so for like Latinos, like I think Sabado Gigante, like every Saturday from like seven to, what was it? Seven to 11, right? Like all day, all night. Right? I all don't right? know. All the grandmas, all the moms. All the yeah. grandma, the mom. <laughs> The like the everybody was like everybody. sitting in front of the TV, right? It was frozen on that channel. Exactly. All day, all you you night. watch the whole thing. You watch the interview. You watch Gloria Trevi sing, and then you watch the car <laughs> giveaway. Like you know, it's it was that schedule. Kids, everything it was crazy. Exactly. And so the models, when, everybody. Oh yeah, that's right. The models, La Cuatro, all of them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they had this show. Um, it was called Gigantes del Mañana, and. Uh, It was a singing show. It was a competition. It was like the American Idol, but for Univision, for Sábado Gigante. And, and I, I remember telling my dad, I was like, Dad, I was like, I want to go do it. Like, let's go do it. Like, I, I'm down. Like, I feel like I could be good on the show. And so I went to the Placita Olvera here in Los Angeles, and there was probably like, I don't know, 500 people in line when we got there early in the morning. There ended up being like over 1,200 people who auditioned in Los Angeles, and they did auditions in Los Angeles in San Diego, in Las Vegas, in Dallas, in Miami, in New York, and in uh, Puerto Rico. And so they were going to pick two people from each city. And so I ended up being the two that they picked from Los Angeles. And then they flew us over to Miami. And then we did the show. So we would do like the singing. And then we would do some stuff where it was like in, in, in group. So we'd all sing together as a group, like some Juan Graviel song or, you know, oh some Vicente God. Fernandez song. And so it was pretty much like American Idol, but for, for Salo Gigante. Wow. That is incredible. What oh. an experience. Are you still friends with any of these people in this Sabado Gigante Disney Club? I, I, I am actually. <laughs> Tatiana, who's one of my friends, she lives out in Dallas. Um, we still stay in touch. Like the, the, the contestants, there's like three of us that we still like whenever I go to Dallas or if I go to Miami, like we're still we still talk. We'll go out to dinner. We'll go out and have a good time. Obviously, Puerto Francisco is no longer with us, but it was oh. such a really good It was such a good experience, you know, because even as a kid, it's like you're you're competing. But at the same time, like, you know, the things that you really learn and just kind of learn of yourself when you're on these shows. And it was just it was a really exciting time in my life. I, I, I like I I wouldn't trade anything for it. And, you know, music for me, I, I love singing like it's like when you grow up Latin, especially like in my house, there was always Selena, Vicente Fernandez, Luis Miguel, and Jose Jose. That's all we listened mm -hmm. to. And so, you know, it's, it, we listen to music when we're sad. We listen to music when we're happy, when someone's getting divorced, you know, like there's always, <laughs> there's it. always a reason to dance. Well, now you are a real estate gigante. I'm so thankful that you came <laughs> on the show. 
to talk about your experience, would you please tell people how they could purchase your book, where they can find you on social? I love your Instagram page. These listings in the Hollywood Hills. I'm like mm. salivating. I'm salivating. Rachel oh, got sexy. the piggy bank already. She's saving for that. You know, I'm <laughs> manifesting people. Manifesting. I'm writing. I'm putting my shit together. I really want one of those houses. And when I'm ready, I'm totally calling you. You call me. All right. I'm going to I'm going to hold you to it. Tell um, everybody where they can buy the book and follow you on social, please. You're amazing. So the book, Brand with Purpose, the easiest way, if you have Amazon, obviously you can get it on Amazon and they also have the Audible, which is my voice. So you would be listening to this, Woo! read it to you. Yeah, you could listen to it at night if you're bored, you know, just play it. Target, Walmart, Barnes & Noble. And then if you're flying this uh, these holidays, the, the Hudson Booksellers, um, 194 of the stores will have my book. So if you're Amazing. on your way, you'll be I able to love Hudson News. That's right. You'll be able called. to see this baby and brand uh, with purpose. Brand with purpose. And uh, it follow me on the gram for I, if you want to see some real estate porn, you follow me at Ivan Estrada Properties. <laughs> and if you want to follow the the brand the our brand with uh, ecosystem, it's at the real brand with on Instagram. Yes, one yeah. time. Please put your books in the air for Ivan Estrada. Come yeah. on, people. Woo!